Welcome, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost story and Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, my co-hostess, Victoria Monday. And down in the chat room, Quarantine Ghost, haunting the chat. We have a fantastic set of guests this evening. Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogny-Kid are with us. They are an interesting duo in the fact that they have actually experienced 29 past lives together and have written a couple of books on this matter and they've been chatting with us this evening. Of course, those watching the live stream have not been able to hear that yet. But those listening to the podcast later will, because we're going to start right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so uh, without further ado, Dr. Dave and Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yep, thanks again, Mike. We're glad we're here. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, I apologize for the technical difficulties. but We've gotten through it. We're back here. So I will ask this question again. I'm sorry for making you guys repeat yourselves. But fascinating that you guys discovered that you had spent 29 past lives together how did you two discover uh, that you had this connection well speaking of technical difficulties um back in 2014 dave and i were working in the same medical office together i was his office manager and he was the physician and um Electronic medical records were being implemented. Actually, it was forced upon us by the government, but <laughs> we learned to do it. We were used to paper and pencil, and we had to convert everything electronically. It was very stressful. And Dave became very grouchy, unreachable. Normally, he's like, you know, Fred, Barney, or Yogi Bear, but he wasn't that way anymore. So I was reading one morning in AARP magazine about the benefits of meditation. So I took it in to the office and I said, okay, you're crabby. I can't talk to you. Do you want me to call a counselor or do you want to try meditation? And he said, all right, let's try the meditation. So we began to meditate with the entire office. There were four of us and um, we did what we were thought we thought we should do. We had a candle going and calming music and uh, there were no computers on. It was complete silence for about a half an hour before the patient started in. So Dave? And, and, and I thought it was wonderful. Uh, in just a few days, I started to feel better because I had a chance to shut off the computer until about the third day when I sort of had a little experience while I was meditating and this woman came to me and she reminded me of Carla. She had the same eyes from a side view with the same eyelashes. She was very happy, joyful, and she showed me a shoe. And again, I'm a physician. I thought, well, I've actually gone off the deep end and I've lost my mind. Or I'm talking to Carla's mother. As soon as we were done meditating, everybody was broke apart. We were getting ready to start. I just ran in and I said, Carla, you probably won't believe me, but I think I saw your mother while we were meditating. And my mother had passed away 20 years before. Wow. Dave never met her. Yeah. And I said, so she kept showing me a shoe and Carla brought up on her computer screen, 70 pair of shoes. And I pointed over and said, that's the shoe she showed me. And what'd you do, Carly? Well, my mother uh, and father had been ballroom dancers and she wore this particular type of shoe 
her entire life and not just her ballroom dancing. She also wore it like to church or to dress up. It was an open toed sandal and he chose the exact shoe. And I thought, okay, out of that, that many pair of shoes for him to be able to pick the exact shoe. That was not, you know, just a guess on his part. And so we, we kind of thought, well, this is interesting. And Carla said, well, why didn't my mom come to me? <laughs> Why didn't I, and, and I said, I don't know. I just, this lady came and we had patients coming in and I ran down the hall and started seeing patients. And we kept meditating every day. They would say, well, what did you see? And we started writing things down. And I saw this Mayan temple. I saw a line of stuffed squirrels. I saw some hieroglyphics. I saw a civil war scene and and this guy was waving a Bible and he was dressed in a Confederate outfit. And then one day while meditating, I had a memory of myself running on a beach. And so I, after the meditate, we were done meditating, I started to tell Carla the, this whole story. And I said, you know, back in 1962, now this is telling you how old we are. <laughs> I. Uh, my dad went to graduate school in Boston and Carla and her sister looked at me and said, Boston, we lived in Boston. Well, I was from Nebraska. I said, well, I remember running on a beach in Boston that summer when I was three years old and there was a Ferris wheel and there was roller coasters. And I said, as I was running and screaming, this little girl ran over and pushed me down and sat on my chest gave me a kiss right on the forehead. She jumped up, she put both hands on her hips and she screamed at me to, to be quiet. I was bothering her family. She had on this little two piece blue bathing suit with ruffles and a little pot belly that was hanging out. You had to say it, didn't I, you? I, I can't help it. <laughs> and then in the background, I heard Carla, that's not how little ladies act. <laughs> but I and, had. <laughs> but she had. So, Carlo, tell me what you said then. Well, um, my sister and I, Paula, who was Dave's office assistant, we were like stunned because number one, we worked together all those years and he never mentioned living in Boston. And we had moved from Boston when I was nine. And the day that he's talking about, I remembered exactly, I would never forget it because that particular day, my parents were, you know, the good Catholic family, five girls, I was the youngest, um, but they should not have stayed together, but they tried on a regular basis. They separated, got back together, separated, got back together. And this particular day, they were back together and they rented two cabs because we didn't have a car and we went to the beach. But for whatever reason, when we got there, I didn't have a bathing suit. Now. I normally would have inherited one of my sister's bathing suits, but for whatever reason, it's probably because of my fat pot belly. I don't know. But anyway, oh, oh, yes, oh, oh. I didn't have my bathing suit. So we all went across the street into this little souvenir shop and um, I got my first brand new bathing suit. It was blue with ruffles. And I was ecstatic because I had a new bathing suit and my family was together. So I remembered that day. I just didn't remember him until several years later when I had, I mean, it was like three years ago when I did a past life regression and saw the whole thing. 
And there he was. He had a pot belly too. Oh. <laughs> so, but what a small world I, that, you know, meeting together like that, such a young age. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as we, adults, you ended up meeting. Correct. So we thought that was fascinating. And of course we kept meditating and then came the day that sort of really changed things even more for us. Uh, there was a day where I remembered suddenly being shot. Hmm. I felt the thud. I felt myself fall back. I was actually at home meditating then. I fell into a table. It made a mess of the room. And as I was laying on the ground in an alley with a big light over me, I looked over and there was Carla standing there. Now, I knew it was Carla from her steel blue eyes, but I didn't really, she looked very different. She was dressed like a flapper. I was hot and young. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the case. But so this hot young blonde over there that looked like Carla uh, was in the room, was in the, the alley with me. And I kept having more and more memories. So I came in and started telling Carla the memories I had. I remembered that I had met this flapper at a wedding of a mobster named Angelo. I had met her in Chicago. I remembered her name was Ruby Donaldson. And I knew my name was JJ Wright. And after I started telling her the facts, there was a day she was off and what did you do, Carla? Well, I wanted proof. And I had written down everything that Isabella, his spirit guide had given him. So I decided I'd get onto Ancestry.com and see what I could look up. And didn't I find a Ruby Donaldson born in 1904 in Bullock, Georgia, to James and Anna Donaldson. She was one of 11 children. Um, I found like their marriage certificate and some of the birth certificates from the children. But then I started looking through newspapers and I found an article about Angelo Jenna, a gangster in Chicago in 1925. I never heard of him before, but he actually had been the big mob boss um, in the north end of Chicago in uh, before Al Capone. Oh. And I found, yeah, and I never heard of him. And Me neither. Yeah. So <laughs> the article confirmed that he had been married in 1925, January the 10th, to Lucille Spinola. And the other article I found was there a picture of their wedding cake because it was 10 feet tall and it served 3,000 mobsters probably. Wow. Um, That's yeah, a big cake. So I, it was a huge cake. Well, it, you could, it showed a picture with two women standing next to it and it towered over. But so I called Dave <laughs> back and I said, this is what I found, you know, this and this and this and this and this, you know, you're not crazy. It's true. Whatever, whoever, it's all true. There, somebody's not pulling your leg. And so I continued to tell her more and more of the story as it was coming. And one day I came into the office and started to explain how we had met and the conversation we were having and that the relationship had gotten relatively emotional as I'm telling her the story. I literally become JJ Wright. And it feels like I'm talking to Ruby. And at that moment, Carla started to answer the same way Ruby did. And oh, she wow. knew that she knew the answers. And she had some of the same memory. 
And that's when we started trying to piece this stuff together because somehow we met in this life as kids that we didn't remember. And we met in 1925 before we were born. And those two things really set us off because we were trying to figure out everything and more lives kept coming. And then as Carla said, I had met my spirit guide named Isabella. Isabella was sharing lessons with us every day in the office. We discovered things like the five simple rules that Isabella tried to introduce us to, which are literally live without conceit, live without jealousy, uh, live without selfishness, be uh, be forgiving or live unfor not don't be unforgiving, and always make every decision out of love. She said that if you use those five simple rules, you can get off this reincarnation wheel that we're on because we all make decisions that are conceited. We think we're the best or we make selfish decisions based only on our own well-being. And every one of those decisions that is opposite of love actually adds to your karmic level, which means you have another lesson to learn, which means you're going to come back in another life. And we started mapping our lives. And we ended up with 42 lives for me and 34 for Carla uh, over a four or five year period. And we have all of our names. Um, we have our astrological signs. We have what we died from. Um, it, it, it's been nearly six years, but we have journals and journals of everything. When we meditated, it was always question, answer, question, answer. Everything you would want to ask, we did. Okay, for every for every life, we have all of those details because, what was it, yes. 42 for Dave for me, and 34. 30, yes, 34, 34 for okay. me. Yeah, how, many, have, how many did you all share together? 29. That's when it became amazing is we found 29 together. Now, in those 29, uh, Carla has been my mother, mm -hmm. has been my friend. <laughs> Interesting. Has been, has been, you know, a, a friend, a mother, a lover, um, wife, in various roles. And as we've documented all these lives, we keep finding other people that we call family mates. Uh, others will call them soul groups. But we found friends in various lives. We found uh, some of Tom's or Tom, Carla's husband, and uh, past he's, husband. In some he's of been lives. in 16 of our lives. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, so let me tell them. So sure. Angelo Jenna, in 1925, that gangster who was Ruby's boss, mm -hmm. he was my first husband in this life. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure that. <laughs> yeah. so, so there's some karma they had to work out. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and, if, you, and if you look at the fact that uh, JJ was becoming involved with Ruby and Angelo didn't like it and, and JJ got shot. Uh, certainly there was some karmic issues that needed to be dealt with again in this life. <laughs> certainly, certainly. So a number of the questions that we're getting in the chat, like Sarah Yusuf is asking uh, if you access these memories through spirit guys, fungi, fungi is asking, uh, if you were using meditation to get these memories. So that's that's kind of the uh, one of the big questions. How are you going about getting 
these these memories? Um, I actually have a, a separate guide that's that to start with, I'll say she kind of trained me how to do this. To start with, it was glimpses. Then it became what I would say watching a movie. And now it's it's very strange to me, but I can actually sit there and it's like flipping through the movies. There's like page after page after page and I just stop. And then there's the story. It's very easy to get to. It's it's for him. It, for me. <laughs> yes. The the details are incredible now. Um I literally can feel, smell, taste the entire experience. Um different things happen which are at least I find fascinating. Even little details change in a life in in the 1600s. I called pants britches while I'm talking. In Chicago, I kept saying I'm going to put on my best trousers mm -hmm. when I'm going. And so it's interesting to me because the time frame changes some of the, the wording. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, there's even words that don't translate that sometimes come through as as the actual word. There's a there's a life that's uh, 3,750 BC where the word is Danielle that I had no idea what a Danielle was. It was our owner who was thought of in almost a fatherly way. Um, but until I found out that that was a Tracian life and actually researched the language, did I find out that that, that word existed. Mm -hmm. And so those kind of things I, are fascinating to me. Most of the time, the memory comes in English, but there's occasionally words that don't translate and the word comes through. Interesting. Um, Victoria, I know you had a bunch of questions while we were having all of the crazy technical difficulties. You guys had a, a great conversation going on. So um, I did want to, of course, you know, extend to you the, the opportunity to go oh, ahead and I'm ask good. your questions again. I'm good. No. <laughs> I have my I think answers. I, I, think our, I think our viewers would have liked some of those questions. Though. Oh, okay. Uh, where did I start? Um, I heard the other day that infertility they suspect infertility is going to start increasing and there'll be less children born because less souls need to be incarnated now. Is that true? Or is there like a fixed number and half of them are off in the ether somewhere and they just kind of trickle in when they need or okay. are we getting more bodies than souls? So Victoria, again, we get this question a lot. So <laughs> the, the answer is all souls were created in the beginning. So there was more than enough Certainly it's only 20 or 30% of the souls are present on earth at the same time. So there's still a large group. The environment is such that the planet will literally at this time, because of transportation and food and et cetera, only support somewhere around 9 billion lives. And we already have 7 billion. So we're, we're reaching a point where we need diminished souls because of that. The birth rate is dropping. The planet won't sustain very much, but there is still souls that have not yet had their first incarnation. So we have plenty of souls to go around. We're not going to run out. 
That's good. Okay. <laughs> I have um, also done past life regression back in the olden days when I was just out of college. And one of the well, lives... Was that really the olden days? Seriously? <laughs> You're only a couple years older than me and, you know. Oh, you are so sweet, but no. <laughs> There's no, I mean, the humidity, no wrinkles, you see. Um, I can tell you how old I am. <laughs> um, just derailed. Where was I going? Oh, okay. So one of the lives I was actually um, like an advisor. I was an older man and I went rushing into a room and it was not in English, so I don't know what I was saying, but the woman answered me, but I knew what she was saying. Do you ever have that kind of um, past life event happen to you where you don't know what you're saying, but you know what you're saying? It's not uh, in a language you speak. There's been a few like that. Um, I find out um, sometimes I'm literally in character, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so you become that person to such an extent uh, there's a life that we found earlier before we ever went for past life regression training. Uh, and Carla was almost being the regressionist, I'll, I'll say, because she would ask questions while I was trying to remember. And I would start to remember and start talking. And there's a life where I'm an eight-year-old and literally I start to stutter. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I didn't stutter in this life that I know of, but I did stutter then. Uh, there's a life in Bermuda where my accent changed dramatically and I started speaking with an English accent. Uh, was cool. a little was a little <laughs> bit surly. Uh, so things like that have happened. Now, sometimes if, if you jump right into the memory, it seems to be that you can't quite understand, mm -hmm. but it starts to process in English. So usually I know what's going on. Okay. Yeah. I knew what the events were, but what the language was, I have no idea. Uh, there's was... been, there's been a lot of studies on reincarnation and that xenography where people actually speak a language they never knew mm -hmm. comes through. It, it's very fascinating. There's a lot of research on reincarnation out there. Uh, most people think it's this only spiritual event that's occurring. Um, there's been a lot of research by Ian Stevenson and now Jim Matlock. Ever since about 1960, they have 2,400 cases that they think they have uh, verified based on personality, facts, and, and questions and discussions. And they're, they're fascinating cases. There's a case of a boy in India who says, what happened to my wife? when he's three. Oh. And then oh. he names her and he says she lives in, I don't know what the, I can't pronounce the mm -hmm. name of the town anyway. She lives in so-and-so town in a blue house on the corner. So the family takes him, goes to this little town, finds a blue house on the corner, knocks on the door. The lady answers and he says, that's my wife, Jean. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> and he says, honey, I'm home. No, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> he sort of, sort of says, yeah, honey, I'm home. Yeah. And he goes, honey, did you find the money? Oh. And the wow. little boy, <laughs> and the little boy runs up the stairs, turns right, runs directly into their bedroom and points to the floorboard. They go upstairs, they pry the floorboard up and there's $4,000 
in the floorboard. Wow, nice. that's cool. Nice. <laughs> now, the researchers all study children's spontaneous memories because it's pretty hard to coach a three-year-old who doesn't know the city of Punjabi, India, but they know the name. Yeah. Where right. did they learn the name? How did he know this lady was his wife? How did he know there was money under the floorboard? Interesting. And when they add up all the things, they get a case they called verified. And they've been working on these for a long time. Wow. Okay. Well, well that, I'm sorry. That, no, I was going to say that was one of the uh, <laughs> questions out of the chat room, actually, from uh, Quarantine Ghost. So how many of your past lives have actually been verifiable? Uh, really, for us, I would have to say two. Um, we have one in very late 1700s, early 1800s, um, where I knew details that we found about the lawsuit that was going on, that I had testified at the law, at the case in, in court, and what happened to the defendant, because those records were available. Um, however, when you get much earlier than 1700s, the records are very difficult to find. Mm -hmm. And in some of these cases, I haven't always been able to find out what my last name was because it doesn't come up in conversation in the memory. Right. How far uh, back do you go, both of you? I'll let you answer, Carla. <laughs> well, over, over 6,000 years. Yeah. Wow. That was the first. Uh the first one that we found, uh, we were born um, at the uh, Mount of Olives. Oh, wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just outside of Jerusalem. Right, right. So a uh, question here from Sarah Youssef. Uh, what lessons have you gained from having these past life experiences? Well, actually, in the first book, The Gift of Past Lives with Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth, we um, tell the story of 21 of our lives. And after each one of those lives, we actually tell what we did wrong. And in every case, of course, it's related somehow to either conceit, jealousy, selfishness, unforgiveness, um, because everything else really spins off of those four things anyway. Everything can, you can draw a line directly to any fault, if you want to call something, um, or negative reaction you can draw a line directly to one of those four things. So we've we've learned all of those <laughs> over <laughs> and over and over. We hope we're done. Yeah, we're slow learners. <laughs> <laughs> well, we probably all are, but um, for our viewers, these uh, the, the two books here, uh, The Gift of Past Lives and Hell No Reincarnation, the uh, link is down in the description of this uh, live stream show and for uh, those that are listening to the podcast later uh, where can they find the books uh, they're both available on amazon uh, they're available at uh, barnesandnoble.com um, if you're outside the country uh, many outside of the country smaller bookstores you can still order all right, very or good. you can or you can order them from our website, which is thegiftofpastlives.com. Yeah, the links are there to numerous places. Great, great. Giftofpastlives.com. Fantastic. Yes. Um, 
Victoria, I know you had something else, and I kind of cut you off a little bit. Is it the twinkle in my eye? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm coming up with more questions. Okay, if, if we are incarnated again over and over to learn from our mistakes, do we finally get one just easy ride like at the end? I mean, we get to take a final lap. <laughs> kind of the golden parachute of yeah, lives. Just, yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming, you know, one of these things, you know. Or, or is that it? We have to keep learning. Uh, if if you don't need to learn anymore, you don't need to come back. But I think there's not going to be a life that's perfectly easy because you need to overcome something. Okay. Or th otherwise, you wouldn't be back. Or you could come back to help one of your family mates. Oh, that's and in true. that And in that case, you start over. You're just like they are. They're overcoming their karma, but there's the possibility that you could create new karma during that life. And... Cool. In Dave's and my last life, we were children. Um, he was four and I was six. Why am I always the older one? Anyway, <laughs> he was four and I was six. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and we fell to our deaths from a third. We were brother and sister. We fell to our deaths from a third story um, staircase. Oh. So we really didn't have the chance to, to accumulate karma. Yeah. But here we are back again accumulating <laughs> yeah that's and that's one of those lessons um murder is always considered wrong because the soul has no chance to learn all the lessons they were planned for in that life so when you kill someone of course you're limiting their ability to mitigate their karma so you're going to come back because you've given them additional karma to deal with and as a four and a six-year-old we didn't come back for ourselves. We came back to help somebody else. Yeah. Okay. okay. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When um, my daughter was, she's a very unique individual. She's an only child. Um, she was and fantastic. She's one and done. I got it right. You know, <laughs> um, and she was like, she was still in diapers. She comes walking in one night and I was watching um, Laura. It was one of my favorite movies. And she comes walking in and she goes, Mimi. I'm like, oh, why, why are you English all of a sudden? And she's like, are you watching Strangers on a Train? I was like, no, I'm, I'm watching Laura. And how do you know Hitchcock movies? You're not even two. Uh -huh. So I've always wondered, um, because my best friend was into drama and she was a, um, a thespian and all this stuff. Could my best friend have possibly incarnated into my daughter? Because we had the sofa table and there was three layers of photos. And in the back was a picture of Cheryl and I when we were in college together. And I asked my daughter, I said, can you go pick a picture? Pick you out in the, on the pictures, thinking that she would get the front row where her pictures were. And she reached over to the back where she couldn't even see those. And she picked up that photo. And she's like, it's me. Wow. But then she grew out of it. So now she's just, you know, her own person. Well, during your master's or when you're finished and you are... <laughs> completely trained in regression therapy you should sit her down someday and say hey were you this person so and maybe she'll me. spill she'll go no, yeah no, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and when you and when you look at the research these childhood memories usually start to disappear around mm -hmm. four or five years old yeah so it's, exactly yeah. so it's not surprising <laughs> that she had a memory and she very well could have been your best friend or friend mm -hmm. and came back because you two were meant to be connected and your friend came back to you as your daughter. Now, 
you have to treat your daughter like a daughter. You know, those are the lessons. <laughs> uh, but because you're the only one who can teach her. And there's some truth to the fact that your daughter will inherit some of your karma if you don't treat her right. Oh, no. <laughs> she has all the cats. She Four cats, she can have them. You know, they're, okay. they're hers. <laughs> so I have one more question and I'll be quiet. Is that okay? No, as many as you want. <laughs> no, Mike. I mean, Mike has questions. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, I have heard that people who die in um, like mass deaths, like an airplane crash or 9-11, a civil war, often reincarnate um, together as a soul tribe or a soul family. And like the civil war people will be civil war reenactors. Have you heard uh, that? Or is there any validity? There's some validity to that because again, you were close to those people and met to be with them when you were in the civil war. So when they return as part of your soul family, and or your family mates in your next life, there's gonna be a draw that pulls you together. Now, it happened to be that the Civil War was an experience you had in the past. So it's not surprising you would be pulled together. Um, mm -hmm. We actually found as we were looking at past lives that Carla had traveled to many places that we had past lives because she was drawn back to those same places. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. That's very even cool. th even though they weren't the greatest experiences, um, mm -hmm. I my husband Tom and I were married in Bermuda, and in Bermuda it was called Lemon Island back then in the 1600s. I was actually married to Dave, and we were indentured servants. Um, and it Dave was actually you know murdered. It was not a good situation, but oh, I was still yeah I was still yeah. drawn back <laughs> nevertheless. Yeah. Still, you know, have you visited a place then suddenly been triggered into a, a memory or a past life? Actually, that's a another interesting story because I went with my sister, my uh, brother, and my niece right after my divorce and went to a, to travel to England with them. And I went into the Museum of London was walking around by myself. I was standing in front of this huge bust of Ramesses II. And suddenly I started to hear hammering and thudding. And I could feel myself actually chisel the bust that was in front of me. Oh, wow. So you were the artist. So I was the artist. That's cool. And, yeah. <laughs> we, and we went back multiple times till we found out that life and Carla was there. Um, we had actually been chosen by Ramesses to, to go to the Valley of the Kings and work on his tomb. Wow. Um, on that same trip, um, I was going through the Cotswolds and I felt the life as Robert and Sarah. Uh, Carla was back in the States and I started feeling many of those memories and I, I, I even had a moment where I was crying because in that life, um, Sarah was not, was not able to because she became sick to travel to America. And we went to America on a boat and I was standing in Bristol, which is a major port. Mm -hmm. And as I was standing in Bristol, I started to see the, the uh, boat and all of the mast and everything was billowing and I was standing on the boat 
And I remember saying, I can't look back because Sarah's no longer there. And I can't look forward because Sarah won't be there either. And I couldn't wait till I got back on the plane and could tell Carla because Carla's back in the States. And all I could think was, I left Carla in the States. With three broken bones. Yes, (laughs) yes. She had had injured herself shortly before I left. Oh no. Have you done the, the regression, Mike? Have you ever done that? I don't know if Mike heard you. I don't hear Mike at all now. I don't hear Mike at all. I don't hear Mike. Does Mike hear us? Can you hear us, Mike? Okay. So, <laughs> Victoria, you're going to have to keep asking questions. Oh, okay. Well, we have like three more minutes. but um, So what's next? Do you, you think you're going to be incarnated again and again? Or have you learned your lessons? Well, go ahead, Carly. Well, you know, we won't know till we get there, right? When we die and we see our life review, we go through atonement and they'll let us know if we graduated or if we didn't. I hope it's, I mean, it's an ongoing process. We, Mm -hmm. every choice, every action, every day I ask myself, are you doing this out of conceit, jealousy, selfishness? Are you forgiving everybody? That's a hard one. It is. That's Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's the one I struggle with. Um, I'm trying. <laughs> it, We're it's all very trying. Difficult. We yeah, don't yeah. have to be perfect, though. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, since we have about two or three minutes, I'm going to try to give you two or three lessons that are important. Okay. Uh, of course, in many of these lives, we found out that we have been in battle and fighting on opposite sides of the same issue. Mm-hmm. So one of the lessons from past lives is not only think about what you're doing because there is no winner in war. And so you can be fighting against the English or you can be fighting against the Scottish in your very next life. So remember you're fighting yourself in oh. each and every case. Yes. Good point. <laughs> uh, there's a little lesson regarding control. No one gets to control another. Mm-hmm. Certainly if you feel oppressed in this life, you need to stand up it's almost conceded to let somebody take care of you. You need to be responsible for yourself. Um, another lesson is we've been, I've been personally black 14 times in, in my 42 past lives. So I've been black, Spanish, Asian. Italian. Yes, so <laughs> in each life, you're gonna come back as something else. If you're prejudiced, you're probably coming back as the person you're the most prejudiced against. Really? So consider all those options. We're all equal. None of us are special. None of us are more special. And if you're looking at the big picture, if you believe in reincarnation, not only are you living this world, leaving this world to your children, you're leaving whatever you've done here to yourself. Oh, that's very good. That's, I need to write that one. Uh, Very, very well said. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely appreciate it. You're back. I'm back. Well, the video is gone for some reason, but uh, you know my voice is back. So oh, we're glad but, to hear you, Mike. Yeah. So, Victoria, what were you saying about Mercury retrograde again? <laughs> <laughs> two more weeks. Two more weeks. Two more weeks. Oh, uh, you're like Charlie on Charlie's Angels. You know. Oh, there oh, we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Good morning, Mike. Good, <laughs> yes. good morning, Angels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one for this show. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. 
Yeah, how do you do, find your your Do I get guide? to be do I get to be the new <laughs> Charlie's Angels or the old Charlie's Angels? Well, I always like the classics, so. Yeah, I think the classics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So Maybe well, you're both. Maybe. <laughs> That's right. Well, I do want to thank you both for joining us tonight. This has been an absolute treat. Do, uh, do apologize again for all the technical difficulties. But uh, one more time, uh, here are your books. And that's the wrong tab. Okay, here are your books. Uh, the Gifts of Past Lives and Hell No Reincarnation. Once again, uh, where can they be found and your website? Our website is thegiftofpastlives.com. And... Certainly the easiest is, is to say you can go on Amazon and they're available or available from Barnes and Noble in the United States. All right. Fantastic. Well, again, appreciate you having, uh, this has been one of those nights. <laughs> again, appreciate having you both on the show and uh, we'll have to have you back again so that when we've kind of ironed out, the kinks here. Uh, I, I blame myself. I had to go and you know get the new computer and, and during all Mercury. That stuff. During Mercury. Oh. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Well, I'm I'm sorry you've had problems, Mike, but I've really enjoyed the conversation tonight. Yeah, <laughs> really. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We've got a lot of good. Sorry, y'all didn't hear it, but you know, <laughs> it was really good. All right. Well, you both take care and have a great evening. Thank you, Mike and Victoria. Bye. Nice yeah, to meet you. Let us know anytime. We'll come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take care. Good night. Good night. Good night.